Hello, welcome back to yet another episode of SAF Podcast and it's been uh, an amazing two weeks, you know, like uh, we had the Dasera and uh, since I stay in Kolkata, it's a very big deal. There, there has been a yes. lot happening around, a lot of crowd, a lot of celebration, but uh, we are glad that we couldn't find out some time where uh, it was quiet and peaceful around to record our episode. Uh, I hope that you guys are doing good. And uh, even we are fine. I'm fine. I'm sure Jacob's also doing good. Yes. But uh, without any further ado, I think it's time that we straight off dive into this episode. And uh, as you all know that we have been talking about the Kalam cosmological argument. So Jacob, why don't you tell us like what did we cover in the last episode? Just a quick recap. Yeah. So in the uh, past over over seven episodes, we've been looking at. Premise one of the Kalam cosmological argument, everything that begins to exist has a cause. We have looked at uh, interesting terminologies like nothing, something, um, and we've looked at objections from atheist philosophers like Daniel Dennett, um, J.L. Mackey and others. And we have sort of uh, rounded up our presentation and defense of premise one. Now, uh, there are some objections to the to the the truth of the premise one that come from quantum mechanics about uh, you know, subatomic vacuum and so on and so forth but we realize it's best to you know like complete the whole argument in its presentation at the core part of it and then look at these objections in later episodes once we finish the top to bottom presentation of the kalam cosmological argument so that is what we're going to do we're going to move into the next part yeah so next part so we'll be now looking at the premise 2 what does the premise 2 say oh the premise too says that I'm just taking a sip and getting ready into the getting yeah. into the bulk of the episode. So premise two says that the universe began to exist, right? Yeah. So it's pretty straightforward, right? I mean, the universe began to exist. Very straightforward. Yeah. But unlike Absolutely. we think, there are objections to this as well. And uh, today we are going to look into the physical, uh, I mean, the philosoph- philosophical and scientific points to be made. Um, about the beginning of the universe. So what is the philosophical argument? Right. So like we've all previously mentioned, the, re- the book Reasonable Faith is, the, is the, the foundation for the series that we're doing. And in that, yeah. Dr. Craigwin, he presented the Kalam cosmological argument in all its sophisticated form as part of his dissertation and in the book as well. He presented two philosophical arguments. Now, they are quite philosophical to the point that we may not even run into people who would ask along that line. So what I've done is I've combined them in a simplified manner, taken the core gist and the key strong points of the philosophical arguments and combined it into a simpler form that we can keep track of and apply. Now, in their most brute, most lethal philosophical formulation, you would have to separate them as two independent arguments where mm-hmm. even if you defeat the first argument the second philosophical argument would still point to the fact that the universe had a beginning that the universe began to exist so in in simpler forms is what this simplified combined version of the argument would look like it says that if the universe always existed then infinite time has passed so far but that is not possible and basically this is the issue this is the objection that this philosophical argument puts puts forward that if the universe has always existed then infinite time has passed by and that is not possible 
and this yeah. issue that this philosophical argument is pointing towards is what we call an infinite regression so when i laid out this philosophical argument peesh what did you grasp so far um i wouldn't be surprised if if anyone who is listening to this for the very first time would be still scratching their head trying to figure out what exactly is happening but for you what did you understand so far yeah that means i mean um we know that everything that begins to exist has a cause mm. and uh, we even saw that the universe it began to exist and uh, you know like now when you mention that uh, if the universe always existed right so that means it did not have any beginning right? right so that means it has been there since a lot of time like infinite amount of time which is not possible right did i get mm. that clear yes yes that's that's the that's okay. the gist but of then the you mentioned about yeah you mentioned about the infinite regression so i know like i have studied about regression what regression is hmm. but i'm sure that many of our audience they don't know exactly what this regression is and then what infinite regression is so i think it would be good if you can explain it to us yeah yeah so we know the term progression right so when we say progression it means to move forward so when you say right yeah. you have to hmm. progress with this report or with this project it means you have to move further you have to move forward progress means to move forward regress means to move backward so regression is moving backward so now you get the idea infinite regression yeah. is moving backward into infinity that is you are infinitely regressing so you're moving mm. backward and then how much you move is indicated by this terminology infinite so let me ask you this if the universe is 1 year old it would take us 1 year to move from the start to the present to today right so right. we're talking about time duration and today the past present these are all part of time if the universe is 5 years old it would take mm. the universe 5 years to move from the start to reach today if the universe is 100 years old it would take the universe 100 years to get from the starting point to today now peesh yeah. if the universe is 1 billion years old now obviously the answer is very clear if the universe is 1 billion years old how long would it take for today or the present to arrive yeah 1 billion years right okay so that's clear for us if the universe is 1 yeah. billion years old it would take us 1 billion years that much time to travel or to traverse or to get to today from the beginning of the universe right now when we use terminology like all the money okay all the money in the world it indicates infinite riches when we say all the knowledge right it is it stands as substitute for omniscience right or infinite knowledge so when we say always or all the time it stands in a sort of like a substitute or it indicates infinite time so the question is is infinity more than 1 billion definitely infinity is definitely more than 1 billion so if we say the universe always existed right so when we said all the money in the world all the knowledge these all refer to infinity right infinite knowledge infinite richness that's what we mean so when we say always or all the time they also refer to infinity so hmm. given that when we say if the universe always existed the question is then how long would it take for today or the present to arrive so 
there won't be any fixed answer like it will take infinite amount of time to reach today the exactly. present day yeah yeah that that is as close as we're going to get to a fixed answer it would take infinite mm. amount of time to get to today yeah you got it yeah so we are not going to count down from the beginning of the universe right mm. okay yeah. so can you give some example to highlight this point right so here's what here's what i would put it this way um can mm. i count from zero to infinity well that is an impossible task right to count down from yeah. zero to infinity as in can i count down from zero to the biggest largest number that's what we when we say uh, to count to infinity it means to go beyond to go where no man has gone to go where no mathematician has gone mm-hmm. to go where no ruler has gone are you going yeah. a million centimeter so on and so forth you're going to the largest number now this is an impossible task it is impossible for us to count from zero to infinity now when we mm. say impossible or when we talk about this this infinite numbers or infinite set theory as these all come into contact in this topic when we say impossible we're not talking about logical impossibility in in a previous episode we had pointed out the distinction right uh, logical impossibility is when you talk about uh, a square circle now that is contradictory and yeah. therefore it is logically mm-hmm. impossible we're talking about a metaphysical impossibility what is an example of a metaphysical impossibility an object with size but no shape this is what philosophers used to point out um what is metaphysically right. impossible an object with size but no shape now i'll admit that in one of the previous episode when i was breaking down the distinction between logical and metaphysical impossibility while using these proper examples and definitions i thought i can make it much more relatable by using an example i brought up on my own about 7 billion people and apartment to house all the 7 billion people in the world um, upon reflection i realized that it was a really an erroneous a false example to use so i completely take it back and i'm sorry for that but this is the distinction between logical um, possibility and metaphysical possibility when we say that it is impossible for us to count from zero to infinity or when we're talking about the impossibility that comes with um infinite numbers now there's a whole lot to go in here and we're just mentioning one small aspect here like when we talk about things like hilbert's hotel you can just search up online to know about hilbert's hotel these all point towards the impossibility for infinity to actually exist in the real world what we're talking about is not some sort of logical impossibility of something contradictory in itself we're talking about metaphysical impossibility and like i mentioned you get into the core brute force of these philosophical arguments when you see them as distinct here i'm just combining them into simpler form that we can use in our layperson conversations and if you need you can get into depth into them by looking at much more in depth resources so that being said it is impossible for us to count from zero to infinity now that's clear now the question to you peeps is if we realize that and once we realize that it is impossible for us to count from zero to infinity what does that lead us to conclude but now when we want to count from infinity to zero counting down from infinity to zero there's no fixed point right so where do we start that that's exactly that's exactly what we're talking about so when we started off with this objection to show or this philosophical argument to show why mm-hmm. the universe uh, must have a beginning of its existence like why the universe must begin to exist this is the yeah. core so can we ever count down from the largest number to zero 
now the impossibility of being able to count down from the largest number to zero is vastly higher than the impossibility of counting up from zero to the largest number right and that's clear for us so if you just yeah. if you just if you pause for a moment and think like you said where do we even start to count down from the largest number to zero so when we say that there was no first beginning point of the universe it makes the situation all the more difficult than saying that the universe you know has had a beginning that is an infinite distance in the parts so mm-hmm. when an atheist comes along and says oh the universe never began to exist the universe has always been here there was never a first beginning point for the universe what then saying is that there is never a first beginning point for the universe that is different from saying that there is a beginning point for the universe but that is infinitely in the past which means there is one you just have to keep going way longer than you can imagine to reach there but to say that there was the universe always existed or that the universe never had that first beginning point is even mm. more drastical so this is what saying the universe never began to exist leads us to and this is the crux of this philosophical argument this combined simplified form of this philosophical argument that i'm presenting to you that is derived of this what we understand to be infinite regression the problem of infinite regression as it pertains to the universe the issue of being unable to count down from infinity to zero the same thing that affects the universe if the universe has always been here then infinite time has transpired but you can't cover infinity to get to today because you're literally yeah. asking to cover infinite amount of time how do you cover mm-hmm. how do you count down and come across how do you count down over infinite num- um, uh, instance of numbers to get to zero just like right. that is impossible it is equally impossible for the universe to travel an infinite amount of time from infinite past or whenever there was no beginning to reach today which shows us that the past of the universe must be finite yeah wow that was pretty simple but yet there was a lot which we spoke in the past uh, 15 minutes yeah and uh, but i think it's it will be way more easier for us to remember mm. if you can give a short example about it so right you know like it's easy to explain it to people it's easy to understand when we have example so is there an example yes, which yes. you can state yeah so please you may you may recall that i've used this example when i was uh, when we were back in in our campus in amity we were meeting in in the cafeteria and we were talking about five reasons for god's existence and i was explaining the kalam so here's an example to use so imagine i want to get hold of the book okay, let's say i want to get hmm. hold of the book um there is a god by the late atheist philosopher anthony flew so um i so in this thought experiment there is only one rule i can only ask one person for the book to to borrow from them and only that person can give me the book that is the only restriction in this thought experiment okay so here's what i mean by that so i need this book there is a god by anthony flew and i ask you piyush so i ask piyush do you have this book if you have can you borrow, lend it to me and you say jacob i don't have the book let me ask one of my friend if he has the book so you go and ask steven steven do you have this book steven says i don't have this book but let me ask adarsh to see if he has the book so the only rule in this thought experiment in this example thought experiment is and the reason i specify this rule is i once i lay out the experiment at the end i'll mention this but i would say that even you're explaining to a lay person you won't need this rule there but it would it is quite 
useful to keep it should the person know a bit more about the concept of time and how space time continuum all um, are contended in different theories of time and so on and so forth anyway i'll mention that at the end the rule is you can piyush can get only the book from steven if adarsh gets the book okay. you cannot get the book from adarsh right that's a simple rule if adarsh yeah. gets the book i cannot get the book from adarsh adarsh has to give it to steven because steven asked him steven has to give the book to you because you asked steven and then you give the book to me because i asked you this linear progression right this progression is straight line that is the only binding yeah. rule so mm-hmm. that means that let's come back to the argument this example from the start i asked you for the book you don't have the book you asked steven for the book steven doesn't have the book so steven asks adarsh for the book adarsh doesn't have the book adarsh asks tina for the book tina doesn't have the book tina asks apan for the book apan doesn't have the book apan asks aksa for the book aksa doesn't have the book so by now piyush and those of our team members realize that i'm just listing out the name for team members in this example so a shout out to all who have listed out um and yeah. there's even more people less close to 20 people list mm-hmm. out so it's going to be a tedious task to list out and keep the audience tuned in when i list out name after name but you get the gist so you keep on yeah. mentioning going name after name after name you keep on asking uh aksa goes on to ask uh, jemima and hanna and jerin and so on and so on and so forth you keep on going in this line right so what ends up happening is that no one person has the book so they all end up asking their next person and their next person and their next person mm. and they keep on asking the book imagine this goes on for infinity like it's not 100 people who are now searching for the book it's not a thousand people it's not a billion people it's not a zillion people it's even more so there is in simpler terms there is an infinite number of people asking for the book so if i get the book right there is this chain of borrowing that's happening and this is happening into this past line this is regressing infinitely into the past this line is going backwards and yeah. backwards and backwards so i am waiting to get the book and i'm waiting for piyush to give the book to me and piyush is waiting for steven to give the book to you and we're waiting so piyush if i get the book right if i get the book then that what that tells us is that this line of borrowing stopped somewhere in the past okay right? this line of borrowing stopped somewhere meaning either arpan or adarsh or tina or someone in this zillion member line got the book and they kept handing it over to the person who asked from them and on and on and on until it reached steven and steven gave it to right. you and you gave it to me hmm. so if i get the book if the final person in the chain gets the book that means that this chain of borrowing did not actually extend into the past that there was someone in the past who had the book so what we're saying about the beginning of the universe is if this present day is here then that tells us that this chain of past days cannot be infinite because if it's hmm. infinite then you would never get across that line to get here if a zillion people are still searching for the book and they keep on asking another zillion people where a literal infinite number of people are still searching you would never get it to me right because you just, the line just keeps on going on and on and on yeah. and on and on and on it would have to mm-hmm. reach a place where the nth person asks let's say um just going to throw in the name let's say they ask a person by the name billion being great okay random name they ask a person by the name billion being great do you have this book and he says oh yes i have this book so that person need not borrow that person need not ask anymore that line stops there right that is the yeah. beginning point and that person sets of this chain of lending 
all along the line there was a chain of asking and borrowing and borrowing now the chain of lending has started so he gives to the mm. 10th person and they keep carrying on and on and on until it reaches me if this line never stops at william lane craig and the line of borrowing just keeps on going i would never get the book but the fact that i have the book with me tells us that this line stopped somewhere now it doesn't matter how long this line extended it doesn't matter if the line extended for a thousand people or for a million people what the point is if this line if i get the book then this line stopped somewhere that is the principle we are talking about we are not talking about whether how long this line has to extend but if the line if i get the book then that tells us this line of borrowing must have stopped somewhere if this line of borrowing does not stop if someone says that this line of borrowing cannot stop that there is no one person who has the book that you have to constantly keep on borrowing you have to constantly keep on asking to find the book then i would never get the book but the fact that i got the book tells us that this line of borrowing stopped somewhere but there was a first person who did not have to borrow who had the being already book already who could lend it to the next person and to the next person finally it reached me in the same way we are in the present today is here today has arrived so what that tells us is that the past moments that lead into the past the moment of time the number of days the number of the amount of time that leads into the past could not have been infinite because if it has been infinite then today would not arrive we would today would not be here the present would not be here yeah. but the fact that today is here tells us that this progression of time had a beginning had a start so they could count down from let's say 100 or 1000 or in the case of the universe from 14 point something billion years it could count down from 14 point something billion years to reach it down to us if not this counting down would never start and the same problem of trying to count down from infinity to zero would persist but we have counted down i have got the book we are here in the present that means the time that is there behind us in the past is not actually infinite but finite and because we understand that it is only with the beginning of the universe that space and time come into being when we realize that time in the past is finite that tells us that the universe has not always been here but has been here for a very finite time and scientific data points and tells us that's 14.7 billion years or if we readjust our calculation we find some other time duration it's shorter or longer that does tell us that time in the past is not infinite but finite meaning that we haven't always been here that the universe has not always been here the universe did begin to exist and that is this philosophical argument that shows to the fact that the universe did in fact begin to exist that there was a beginning to existence of the universe and this is one argument for the beginning of the existence of the universe which is the philosophical argument and again this philosophical argument has been combined by bringing together two distinct independent arguments that dr craig puts forward now they are in their most brute um, uh, strengthened lethal form but i've taken the essence of those arguments and combined in a simpler way to connect it now i'll mention one more thing those of you who may be more inclined to these uh, physical theories of the universe and quantum mechanics and and are studying more in depth the kalam cosmological argument you would say well jacob you said that there is this rule within this thought scenario where the person can only borrow from the person immediately behind them but who told you that time progresses linearly you're talking about the a theory of time 
where past, present and future are not equal. Past has ceased existing, only the present is real and the future is not here. That is the A theory of time. But there is the B theory of time, wherein the past, present and future are all equally existing. Now that being said, that is more complex topic into the theory of time. And mm. there are different formulations of the Kalam cosmological argument that deals with the B theory of time as well. But we would look at that later on once we get through the rest of the argument because it is too heavy a topic to break it down and give it bite-sized in a 20-minute discussion format. So we may have yeah. to address it in a much different way for our audience. But this is mm. the philosophical argument for the beginning of the universe. So I hope you should have covered and yeah. you were able to grasp what's happening. If there's anything that you feel that I've left out or didn't clearly answer, let me know before we take off that we can take a look into. Yeah, I think the the book pouring example was very simple and uh, it helped me to uh, understand the argument more clearly. And I believe that even our audience could uh, grasp it so that next time when we go ahead and talk with someone and try to share about this argument, this example is going to be really helpful for us. And uh, with this, I think we've come to the end of this episode. We have crossed the 20 minute mark. But uh, thank you all for tuning in and staying with us today. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Till then, you can, uh, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can follow us on our uh, social media pages so that you don't miss out on anything. And we have monthly newsletters coming out so you can sign up for them as well. All the links will be available at the description. So that's it from our side. This is uh, Jacob and Ankit signing off. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy Saft Podcast, do consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And know more about us at www.saftapologetics.com.